Welcome to week three in the hard sayings of Jesus. Remember, we're in the Sermon on the Mount from January to more or less July or August. And we're looking at Jesus' words that are completely applicable to us in some hot topic areas in these hard sayings of Jesus. So today I want to talk about what Jesus had to say about divorce and remarriage. Now, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. This is a very hard topic. I almost skipped it and hoped that nobody would notice. You know what I mean? You ever do that? You read in certain parts of the Bible and you're like, I don't, uh, that's tough. I'm skipping over to the happy parts. Here's a question. Why didn't Jesus leave it out? I think he didn't leave it out for two reasons. First of all, marriage, though a gift from God, can be challenging. It's not all cake, ice cream, little jimmies on top. Marriage can be challenging. For those of you who are married, you may notice that you're married to another human being that has desires and specific values and a unique personality. And you may have noticed that you have particular desires, unique personality and values. And every once in a while, they clash. And when they clash, there can be, doesn't have to be, but there can be some really difficult conversations. And when you have these difficult conversations, if they're not resolved well, there can be a hardness that develops in our heart. There can be a seedbed of resentment and bitterness. And and then living happily ever after is like, I think I'll endure another week. So marriage can be challenging. I think there's a second reason why Jesus didn't skip over this topic. And it has to do with the fact that there was a massive controversy going on in his time period. And the controversy was between two religious schools, one called Shammai, they were the conservative school. And so this conservative school of Shammai, it was a famous rabbi, they said, the school of Shammai said that divorce was not an option. You could never get divorced and you're just going to have to tough it out. And that was not God's design for anybody to ever get divorced and remarriage isn't even an option. The Shammai school said that they affirmed Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Over on the other side was the school of Hillel, and this was a progressive side. So that's the conservative side over there. The progressive side said that you could divorce your spouse for any reason, man or woman. If your spouse 
lost their bloom, you could divorce them. If your spouse didn't meet your needs anymore, you could divorce them. If, this is an extreme example, but it's used in the rabbinic schools, if your spouse didn't cook a meal that you liked, you could divorce them. Why are you laughing? <laughs> From here on out, on Sundays, we're going out to lunch. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to get on the edge. You know what I mean? And so here's what's really going on. In Jesus' day, there was so much controversy about what is, when is divorce allowable and remarriage that the average regular person was so confused on this topic, they didn't know what was right. Do I listen to this group over here or do I listen to that group over there? And that's why Jesus said, this is a hot topic and I'm going to have to reclaim God's vision and design for marriage. And that's exactly what he did. Jesus, over the course of these hard sayings, says these words six times. You have heard it said, but I say. And Jesus is referring back to the Old Testament laws, and he is saying, that's what you understand in the Old Testament, but I'm saying this. So with all that in mind, I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, and an expanded teaching of Jesus from Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 10. Would you stand, please? Why do we stand when we read Scripture? We do it because what we're really saying is God's words take precedent over anything that a human being says. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, and then Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 10. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Matthew 19, 3 through 10. So some Pharisees came and tried to trap Jesus with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they no longer are two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Well, then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? They're referring to the Hillel. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Now, Whenever there's, humor, whenever there's humor in the Bible, I think it's worth pointing out because right in the middle of this hard saying, there's a, there's a little funny that happens. Look at verse 10. Then Jesus' disciples said to him, if this is the case, it's better not to marry. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, Jesus. 
I mean, who, who can live up to the standard, right? So here's where I'm going this morning. This is a hard saying of Jesus. It is not my intent to hurt anybody's feelings. There is so much pain. There is so much shame. There is so much guilt associated with this topic. Here's my prayer. That by the end of the message, you will feel hopeful. That if you have been a child in a divorced home, if you have been divorced, that you'll walk away and say, I'm free of pain, guilt, and shame. Now, I've decided because this is such a complex topic, and I haven't preached on this topic for years, I've decided that I'm just going to formulate the message in terms of Q&A. I've got nine questions, so we better get going and I better shut up. And I'm going to give nine answers that, don't, that are not based on my opinion, but are actually based on Scripture. So let's bow our heads together. Jesus, speak and heal and release from guilt and release from shame anyone who hears these words that are about to be spoken. Because you are a God of grace and truth. And you desire what's best for us. And whenever you put guardrails in our lives, it's not to restrict us. It's to protect us. So we trust your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, buckle up. Question number one. Why did Jesus bring this up? Because of so much confusion about what marriage and God's original intent for marriage is, the parameters of divorce. And really, when we talk about divorce, we're really talking about when is it okay to remarry. And then Jesus also brought this up because of these two big camps. Both had distortions in them, by the way. And the regular person was just like, I don't know. I feel like we're living in a similar moment in culture right now. Do you know that you can go to any church in America and you can find a church that will support whatever your position is? If you don't like this position, you can go to another church and you'll find another position. But the question that we really need to ask ourselves is, let's just forget about an individual church and what does God's word really have to say? And am I willing to put myself under the authority of God's word? That's really the big question. Number two, what is God's design and intent for marriage? Okay, go all the way back to Genesis. What was God's design and intent for marriage? Here it is. God always designed marriage to be between a man and a woman for life. Not to endure, 
But God's intent is for a man and a woman to be in a loving, covenantal relationship for life so that their marriage actually ends up expressing the love of God in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's called the perichoresis. The perichoresis is this Greek phrase for the divine dance. It's the love that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in this divine dance. If you've ever been to a Greek wedding, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The loving union between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what God wants your marriage to be. God wants your marriage to be so filled with covenantal love and to be a reflection of God's love within the Trinity. So this means that divorce is never God's A plan. Why? Because divorce rarely solves anything. Divorce always causes pain and shame and guilt. And listen to this. The people who are affected most by divorce are women and children being in a most vulnerable state. Notice also the primary reason why people get divorced is not because of finances, not because of poor communication, not because of personality differences, not even because of different values. Jesus said the number one reason why people get divorced is because somebody in the marriage has hardened their heart. Okay, what does that mean? A hardened heart means when one or both in the marriage have stopped trying, just existing. When you make it about you, your needs, your wants, that is a hardened heart. A hardened heart is also when you allow resentment and bitterness in and you refuse to let go of that. Rather than living out a forgiveness lifestyle, you end up collecting all of the injustices that your spouse has done, and they just keep piling up on the inside. So, are you going to have challenges in your marriage? Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Will some of you wonder in moments of frustration or disappointment if you made the wrong decision to marry? Possibly. Will getting out of a painful marriage be a temptation for some of you? No doubt. But let's get back to God's original intent. What is God's original design and intent for marriage? Instead of looking for a way out of marriage, we need to lean into the idea to see it as the gift of God that it is. Your spouse is God's gift to you. It may not feel like it sometimes, but it really is true. God looked into, because God is outside of time, past, present, future, right? God looked at you and he said, this is the person that I'm going to put you with. And if you will have a tender heart, if you will not harden your heart, you can actually have a good or a great marriage, but you're going to have to work on it. Because remember, you've got two flawed human beings with differing values, with differing beliefs, with differing personalities, and there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. Question number three, what did Jesus say about divorce and remarriage? 
Basically, Jesus says this. He affirms the Old Testament design and intent of marriage, which means he fell down on the side more or less over here, not over there. There's also something else that is embedded in Jesus' response that needs to be said. It's important to realize that this would have been the perfect opportunity for Jesus to redefine marriage. But he didn't. He affirmed the traditional view of marriage. Question number four. Now we're getting into the weeds here. You ready? Are there permissible reasons for divorce? Yes, there are. At least two. Words of what Jesus said, words of what the Apostle Paul said. So let's take a look first at what Jesus said. Believers are permitted to divorce if there is marital unfaithfulness. The Greek word is porne. That should sound familiar to you if you were here last week. It refers to a physical unfaithfulness in marriage. Jesus is saying that you don't have to divorce your spouse if they've been unfaithful, but you are permitted to do so. Okay, so what's the Apostle Paul say? The Apostle Paul certainly understood the teachings of Jesus on this. But interestingly, the Apostle Paul expands it even further. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15, he says these words. But if a husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. So in other words, a second acceptable reason for divorce is abandonment. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it certainly means what we think it means, the physical abandonment. If your spouse has gotten up and left you, you're free. But what about other confusing cases that may fall under abandonment? This is where things get really sticky and we get to question five. What about other issues such as abuse? And by abuse, I mean all forms of abuse. Physical, emotional, psychological. What about addictions, criminal activity? Those kinds of things. Okay, listen very closely. If you are being physically abused in your marriage, you need to get out and get to a safe place. We will help you. By we, I mean the church. We'll help you. Physical violence is never acceptable. That is a form of abandonment. The abuser almost never stops abusing unless they are forced to by removing yourself. You need to get to a safe place so that you can figure things out and your next steps. Okay, what about addictions like alcohol, drugs, gambling, those kinds of addictions? That also can fall under the category of abandonment. 
When someone has given themselves over to an addiction to the point that they've actually, they're not fulfilling their wedding vows anymore, they've abandoned their responsibilities and they're no longer taking care of their families, that can also be a form of abandonment. If a Christian spouse is struggling with any of these issues or similar issues, here's what we need to do. Marriage is complex. You can't in your heart say, I feel abandoned. You actually need the wise counsel of godly pastors and the wise counsel of godly therapists and counselors. You need people in your life to come around you and not just support you, but to be able to speak hard truths in your life to say, this is what we think through the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, counselors, pastors, people in your life, they will say things like, or mean to say things like, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Because we need the discernment. We're so far, if you're in this category of, am I being abandoned? You're so far down the hole that you have lost perspective. And you need other people to bring perspective into your life on next steps for you. Does that make sense? Question six. What if I got a divorce before I was a Christian? Am I allowed to remarry? The Apostle Paul faced a similar issue when he was talking to the church in Corinth and he said, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And what that means is this. When you gave your life to Christ, all of your past sins were forgiven. All of your mistakes were forgiven. Your faults, your failures, everything has been put under the blood of Jesus because of his death on the cross. You're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. So you may have divorces in your past, but if you've given your life to Christ, he has wiped away all of the pain, the shame, and the guilt of that, and you've been forgiven. Now, start and restart and move on from there. So the answer is yes, you're allowed to remarry, though you may have committed many sins in the past. Question seven, how do I build a healthy marriage? You've heard this. The best offense is the best defense. The big question is, how can you divorce-proof your marriage so you never even get to the point of thinking about it? There are so many wonderful resources available to us today on how to actually build a healthy marriage I'm just going to bypass those for a moment and just get back to the words of Jesus. You know how Jesus would answer this question? Jesus would say, I already told you. Go back to the Beatitudes. Begin living out humility. If you will hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll never get that far off track. If you practice mercy... You will always have a tender heart. If you are pure in heart and do not allow your heart and mind to wander, 
you'll be doing great. And working for peace. Especially in painful times. The best posture isn't looking for ways out of your marriage, but ways to extend mercy and practice humility and patiently working for peace in your marriage. We see this beautifully illustrated in the Old Testament example of Hosea and Gomer. Whoever names their daughter Gomer, I have no idea. Right? That's just weird. Hosea was a faithful prophet who God told him to marry Hosea, uh, Gomer. Now, I'm not saying Gomer wasn't in love with her. I'm just saying God brought these two people together and it was an opportunity. And Hosea had deep love in his heart for his wife, Gomer. But Gomer was a runner. You know what I mean by that? She was in the marriage, but she was always running after other men. Today, if she was sitting down with a therapist, chances are Gomer herself was abused as a child. I know I'm reading into the text, but the reality is, is that women almost never run unless they've been abused themselves. And so for whatever reason, Gomer's just out there. And Hosea keeps going out and getting her and bringing her home. Forgiving her, extending grace to her. In this one time, she runs away and she's out there on the streets and she's doing her thing. And Hosea just goes out looking for her once again. Only this time it's been months and months and months. One day he sees her on the corner. She doesn't look the same anymore. Her lifestyle has made her well beyond her years. She's lost her bloom. She's chosen a tough life. Their eyes catch. She sees Hosea and then she looks down. She can't meet his eye anymore. Because she's run so long, she's run out of gas. And she couldn't possibly hope that he would forgive her one more time. But Hosea walks over to her, clasps her hands, looks her in the eye, lifts up her chin, says, look at me. I love you. I've come back for you. Come home. And she can't believe her ears that she would be accepted once again after all she's done to her husband. And they're restored. And they come back and live the rest of their life in a faithful marriage. Now listen, why did God allow Hosea to go through all of that? The answer is, 
Jose and Gomer's marriage is actually a beautiful expression of the goodness and graciousness of God because what, what God was saying to ancient Israel was, you're Gomer, you're a runner. I have been so good to you. I have been so kind. I have been so merciful. I have a plan for you. I had plans for us. And you've blown it by being unfaithful over and over and over again. But let me tell you something. I am a merciful God. Kind, gracious, loving, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in mercy, abounding in love. Which is a common theme throughout all the Old Testament. And God says to ancient Israel, look at me, I love you. There's nothing you can ever do that will stop me from loving you. It's time to come home. How do you build a healthy marriage? By being Christ-like. By not allowing the walls to build up. By practicing good boundaries, nobody's ever saying you should be steamrolled over. There are reasons, biblical good reasons, why divorce and remarriage is okay. But for the vast majority of us, if we would simply not figure out ways to get out of the marriage, but figure out ways to invest in the marriage, our marriage would go from a two to a six or a five to an eight, or a seven to a nine. Question number eight. What do I do with the guilt and shame of divorce? The answer is so simple, but we skip over it. It is receive forgiveness and healing. If you got divorced for unbiblical reasons, please know that we serve a gracious God who is always ready to meet you where you're at and extend grace and healing. He loves to give fresh starts. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Do like you do with all your other sins. You ask for forgiveness and cleansing and then you get up and receive forgiveness and cleansing and you move on. I purposely avoided giving statistics of divorce because there's so much pain associated with this topic. But here's what I want you to know. God doesn't want a single person who has been affected by divorce. Whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, he doesn't want a single person to walk away feeling bad or worse about yourself. He wants you to walk away feeling life because he is a good and a gracious God. If there are some things that you need to confess and repent of and receive forgiveness for, awesome, do that and receive God's grace. What are some helpful resources well, from time to time in our church, we have run a group called Divorce Care. And um, I've placed up on the screen divorcecare.org. And there's also Divorce Care for Kids. 
dc4k.org. There are also many wonderful books about divorce that I would encourage you to pursue. Pursue books that are resources that help you to lean into God's design and intent for marriage. Now, I know that this message hasn't been for everybody. There's lots of people in this room and there's lots of people online that divorce is not a part of your past. You're not divorced. You have never thought about getting divorced. Praise God. This message hasn't been for you. On the other hand, you probably know some people that are struggling. I want to offer some closing thoughts. If you're single and thinking about marriage that may be in your future, I am so happy for you. Marriage is one of God's greatest gifts. Holly and I, in 10 weeks, will be married 39 years. Well, I didn't say that for your clapping. I'm just saying. But you can if you want. Okay? So, she has put up with me she has heard every sermon before you've heard it. I shared this sermon last night with her. She's put up with the best version of Mark and she's put up with the worst version of Mark. Because remember, Holly and I are human. But she is one of God's greatest gifts. Other than salvation, she is God's greatest gift to me. But listen, we've had to work at it. You know what I'm saying? We've had to work at it and work at it and work at it. And I'm still discovering things about Holly and Holly's still discovering things about me. How can that be after 39 years? I don't know. That's the mystery of marriage. I don't get it. Holly and I were talking last night. We were reading a book. I'm reading this particular book um, that somebody gave me in our congregation, Why We Do the Things We Do. Right? And I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh. That's why I do the things I do. Did you know this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're single and you think that marriage is in your future, awesome. But go in realistic. You're marrying another human being that is deeply flawed, that has a sinful nature. And they are marrying you. Deeply flawed with a sinful nature. I also imagine that there are some people who are considering divorce right now. I get it. I do. Holly and I have been married almost 39 years. I've been a pastor 34 years. I'm in my 35th year of pastoring. I have heard Excuse me. I have heard the most heartbreaking stories in 34 years. I am so sad. If you're contemplating divorce, gather people around you who will speak truth into your life. Press into God's word. 
But listen, nine times out of 10, divorce isn't the answer. It's just not. I don't know how to explain that in a way that you'll understand. Just from my perspective, divorce is almost never the answer. God has a way through difficult times. One last thought. If you are a teenager or child that's been listening to this message and your parents are divorced, I don't even know why I feel like I need to say this, but it wasn't your fault. There's something about kids that kids just always think that it's their fault, right? Mommy, dad got a divorce because I didn't take out the trash last week. Or I was being bad for a month. It has nothing to do with you whatsoever. These were adult issues that they were wrestling with. Receive healing today. And you know, you could be 40, 50, 60 years old and still be thinking that you caused your parents' divorce. Let it go. It was never about you. It was about two adults that were trying to figure it out. And Jesus has always walked beside you and helped you to navigate your way through. Would you stand, please? I know I covered a lot of ground today. But fundamentally, this is a healing message. And you need to hear it that way. Divorce is almost never the option. There are occasions in which it is. God wants your marriage to thrive. And it's worth fighting for. And it's worth practicing the Beatitudes. And it's worth leaning in and giving the energy to make sure that it prospers. Let's bow our heads together. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray a blessing over every marriage in this room and online. Satan, get out of the marriages connected to Emmanuel. I take authority over you as a child of God with resurrection power living inside of me. You have no right to invade the marriages of Emmanuel. Give us strong backbone to fight the good fight, to have healthy marriages. Forgive us of the ways that we have not exhibited Christ-likeness. Forgive us, would you please? Give us hope in healing through your forgiveness and cleansing. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.